Welcome to the Live Fit Listens podcast, a safe space of growth, personal development, and overall wellness with your host, Olivia Catania. Diving into the realms of all things health, conscious living, mental expansion, and much more, this podcast is designed to help you evolve into your best self and live fit. Let's get into the show. Hello, people. Welcome back to the Lift It Listens podcast. Today, we're on episode 66. Welcome back. I hope you guys are doing really well and happy April. I cannot believe that we're already in the second quarter of the year. Not mad about it, but also I'm a little bit frazzled and startled by it because I'm like, whew, like this year's moving about fast already. I'm just, I guess, because those, like the beginning of the year seems to be like the slowest months for me. So if like those went by pretty fast and it's already April, then like spring, summer, like that's going to go by so fast. So I'm, I'm just like making sure that I'm keeping my feet under me, I guess, with this year because I don't want it to get away from me, I guess is the best way to put it. But I'm so happy for spring. I'm so happy for the warmer weather. We're start, finally starting to have things thaw here. I'm looking out my window right now and seeing the water drip from the icicles because they're what? They're melting. Thank you. So that's my gratitude for today. I'm really thankful that the springtime is here and that we're like finally breaking into spring because I feel like March, you know, they kind of get swayed either which way it could be. It can count as, you know, winter can count as early spring. But once it's April, I'm like, no, sorry, Mother Nature, like you, you're outvoted. It's officially spring now. Like you can't, you truly, it's not allowed or possible or feasible for you to drop another snowflake out of the sky. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I'm at. (laughs) So today's episode, we're going to be talking about love, which I feel like is a little bit different than my normal kind of content on here, but I feel like it just relates so much and speaks on behalf of your own like personal development healing journey and why that is so important. And in case you haven't been keeping up with like my Instagram and my YouTube and honestly even TikTok at this point, I am in a relationship now and I have been in a relationship for a few months and I feel like it's no secret that I have kind of I just feel like I am a relationship girly like I just even in like past Q&A's that I've done with you guys I like distinctly remember someone asking like if I would want to be in a relationship if the opportunity presented itself and like I remember saying yes like I know that I have been wanting a relationship for a good amount of time now and I guess when I was looking back and kind of reflecting of like hmm like what kind of what made what I guess kind of shifted that finally allowed this relationship to come into fruition and like actually come into my 3D reality and when I was reflecting back like I kind of had a really big whoa like trippy moment because I really realized it was almost like a cookie cutter healing self-discovery journey that I had gone on like within this past year year and a half and it just was really crazy to kind of look back and reflect of like when I was thinking like hmm, what kind of really got me to this point to be able to hold the space for a relationship and I realized like I truly went through so many different stages of healing within this past year and a half that I truly feel like are what allowed me to be more quote-unquote ready to hold a space for a relationship because I am totally someone who believes that things that you're wanting or whatever, everything that you're experiencing in your life is for a reason and you're experiencing it right now because you are ready to experience it. Whether you are ready to learn a lesson from this experience or you're ready to experience the enjoyment and love from the experience. Like there, I just truly believe that you experience what you're experiencing right now all for a reason. And I do think if you are trying to kind of break through any toxic cycles in the realm of relationships and love, like you do really need to prioritize personal healing in order to finally be able to 
you know, arrive at a space to be able to hold space for a healthy relationship. So I'm hoping with this episode and like me just kind of opening up and sharing my own journey, it could help you guys out there who maybe are looking to be in a relationship or kind of are looking for a partner or companion. Um, And I guess I just kind of wanted to share my own personal journey and like the healing steps that I took to really call love into my life. And also kind of the kicker and the caveat here is that like, All of these things, like I said, they were kind of more so like a subconscious healing journey. Like I didn't realize this until I looked back. I was focusing, we'll get into it, but I was focusing on healing each of these components of myself one at a time. And when I look back now, kind of that string of events is what allowed this love to be called in. But I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the intention with these healing phases to say I'm healing this so that then I can have a relationship. I'm healing this so then I can have a partner. It truly was out of the intention to just create and help heal me and create a better me. And so I think that's something really important to note here. It's like, you don't want to, I'm not, I'm not advocating for you to go through these kind of loose steps, if you will. So then you can arrive at a relationship with this episode. I want to just encourage you guys to prioritize self healing and then inevitably as a byproduct, then you'll be open to love and that love will find you when you are personally ready. And something else I want to say, kind of a disclaimer, I have been wanting to record this, but I kind of didn't want to also for the reason being that I didn't want this episode to come across of like me being like, see, look, I did it. Mission complete done, like happily ever after. That's not my intention with this episode. I'm not trying to say that I'm healed or that like did it done. We're living happily ever after and we're riding off in our Cinderella carriage. Like I'm not trying to explain that either. I just simply want to share the healing steps that I took to finally be ready to hold a romantic relationship in this present moment. So here are the little steps that I did. I think I have about seven phases here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, seven of them. Okay, so the first and foremost thing, which this wasn't as big of a deal for me to kind of work through because I kind of feel like I've always had that intention because it was such like a basic foundational intention for me. And that is to be open to the frequency of love. This is huge, especially for someone who has a lot of trauma or baggage from past relationships, which we also will get into. Or if you have a bad connotation with love, if you grew up in a very violent household that your parents didn't have a good marriage, so you don't believe in love, all this sort of stuff. If you have a um, broken idea or image around what love means, that would be my first thing that I would kind of urge you guys on to work through healing and changing that narrative and that story that you have written for yourself in your mind about what love means. Because again, it's no secret. I preach this all the time that kind of your thoughts are what are creating your reality. So if you have the true internalized belief to your core that love doesn't exist, that love is broken, that love is hard, that love is violent, that love is just not a good if you just have a broken idea of love in whatever way that looks for you, that's what you're going to continue experiencing in reality because your brain just wants to confirm that narrative and that story that it believes that you've been telling yourself. So you need to do what you can to rewrite that story of love, journal, create affirmations, dig deep into kind of where those broken ideas of love are stemming from go to that root cause is it something from childhood is it from a past relationship and kind of pull the plug from that and saying that this situation this example that I saw does not need to define what love I'm going to experience in my life you are allowed to write your own story you are free to write your own story so that's kind of the first thing that I would really say 
is to really make sure that you're open to the frequency of love. This is something I had, I've done for such a long time for years at this point, but that's just because I know that love is just the highest frequency that you can be on. And I've always done kind of what I could as soon as I've gotten more in touch with my spirituality and my energy and energetics to always be in that energy of love and the frequency of love so that I could vibe my highest and be closest to my best self and my highest, best life path and life timeline. Um, so making sure that you're open to love is so important. Say those affirmations in the morning, meditate on that, really focusing on opening up your heart chakra, all that sort of stuff is really going to help you be more magnetic into love because also, I guess, kind of taking a more tangible example for this, it's like saying that you want to get off on exit 32, which is the love exit. But if you're not getting in that lane, you're not going to get off the exit. You're going to miss it. And when I say that lane, that's in the frequency of love. So you need to be vibrating at the correct frequency in the, in the correct energetic space in order to experience those things. And that is being in the frequency of love, living in love to then experience more love. And obviously that's not going to just be romantically. That's going to be platonically. That's going to be with strangers. That's what's going to be with animals. That's going to be with situations that you're experiencing. So love is the frequency and energy of love is so much more than just romantic love. And so remembering that and just doing what you can to embody love in any which way of showing kindness to a stranger, of complimenting a stranger, of opening the door from someone, of showing love and compassion to a dog that you walk past on the street. Like all of those things are little things to really help you get into alignment with the frequency and the energy of love. Second thing, and this was probably my biggest, most emotional and moving parts of my healing journey within this past like year to 18 months. And that was healing my inner child wounds. Now, this is kind of going to bleed into kind of a, a past experience that I had had, but I guess I had a previous situation. It was so triggering for me because it showed me a lot of wounds that I needed to heal slash it just revealed a lot to me about myself, right? Everything's a mirror. And that specific person really mirrored a lot back to me about things that I needed to learn and heal. I just things that I didn't really realize. And I, my specific issues that I had with that person really struck a chord with my inner child specifically. And that's why it hurt. It was so hard for me to work through that situation because it really struck a chord with my inner child wounds. And so that was a huge aha moment. I remember journaling on that and I real like mid journaling, I realized that my, my inner girl child was so heartbroken because it kind of was like a blast of reality. It's a, that's a whole other story, but I think I'm pretty, I'm almost positive. I did a child, a whole, a child. I did a whole episode on inner child healing. So definitely go check that out because that was such, it's just a great episode. And I know that it was such a moving part of my life. And I urge you guys, if you feel like you need some inner child healing, like do the work because I just, it was so revolutionary for me. But anyways, I just realized how much it struck a chord in my inner child. And so that sparked so much inner child healing, which was so huge to heal myself at the foundational level. And again, I kind of also want to try to, I feel like a little bit weird every time I use the word healed so much because I feel like healing is a little bit of a buzzword out there. Like, and again, want to be clear, you are never a hundred percent healed. You don't need to be healed to then be able to love, to be in a relationship. Like, I don't think I'm a hundred percent healed at all. I think the whole important, like the whole journey of life is about healing, right? It's a process. So I'm not trying to say like, see, like there I did, I'm done. Or you need to heal yourself. So you're done. No, but it's just being mindful and nurturing that inner child 
and working on healing some of these wounds that will really help you. And for me, I realized that I had I had a lot of inner child wounds that were affecting my attachment styles and it was affecting my view of love and what I thought a relationship had to look like because they were stemming from inner child wounds. So they were impacting my present day way of th- thinking, which was making me run into a lot of problems, I guess, in my relationship life, if you will. So some things that I did to help heal my inner child was first of all, journaling was huge and kind of how I said before where I was journaling and I realized, oh, wow, this is coming because my inner child is so attached to this or my inner child was hold- holding on and hoping for this, et cetera, et cetera. So I basically went to the root of why things made me upset or why things were hurting me in, in the relationship space. And I drew that line to certain instances or bigger pictures that came from my childhood. And I was able to kind of put that in perspective and kind of be able to take that power away because I was able to rewrite the story and understand, oh, this is the story I've been telling myself, telling myself subconsciously from childhood, which is making me have this really this whatever attachment style. But if I'm able to recognize that I have that awareness, I have that acknowledgement, then I'm able to understand that it's not the truth and I don't need to write my future based on my past. And then I'm able to rewrite my present narrative of how I want to see love or how I want to attach and things like that, whatever, whatever. So I, that was a huge thing of kind of more so like action steps work, like, um, worksheet style stuff, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better term and kind of worked myself through thought processes, processes. But also another thing I did was just little kind of little things to nurture my inner child. I remember that's when I was huge on going to the park. I would go to the park and play on the swing because I like wasn't really able to do that a ton as a kid just because I kind of grew up in a broken home and it just was kind of always chaotic. Um, I just acknowledged things that my parents used to do growing up that I now know are toxic and I would work on forgiving them. I would, you know, tap into creative outlets that I've been wanting to try. I would just do childish things in a weird way, I would go barefoot, right? When I'm walking outside and I just would be more playful with what I was doing. I would be more tapped into my creative energy. I would just kind of give myself the safe space to play. I would do what I could to validate my feelings, my emotions, so I could feel seen and validated, all that sort of stuff. So I just would kind of basically look at it of like, look back at my childhood and try to give myself now what I felt like I needed back then, I guess, if you will, in the sense of like nurturing care. And it did wonders for me. I feel like it was a very emotional time for me um, because I just was able to process a lot of things that had come up in my childhood that I didn't fully process when I was younger. And for me, a big coping mechanism was dissociating. And so I think that left a lot of unprocessed emotions and energy in my energy body from that time in my life that I just had kind of gone numb to and tried to look the other way and kind of just dissociate from my body when they were still very much so in my energy body. So processing those things, working through healing those things, and just giving more love and tender care to that inner child inside helped me so much heal a specific part of me that like nothing else really ever could. And it, I think that was such a very powerful point in my, in my healing journey. And now I'm so much more aware of my inner child and I still continuously do things to constantly nurture my inner child. Like last weekend, my boyfriend and I made a snowman together and like that doing things that you can to feel like a kid again is so, so, so important. And for some reason, our society, we're always taught to grow up fast, act like an adult, all this sort of stuff. But that spark and innocence and youthfulness and vibrancy that you feel and experience as a kid should never, ever, ever go away. 
And I feel so passionate about that. Um, next thing, the third thing was self-love. I feel like, again, this for sure is always a freaking ongoing healing process for me. Like literally every single day I'm like working on this and like trying to affirm to myself positive self-talk and self-love. And, you know, some phases are easier than others, but this was definitely just a big ongoing thing throughout, you know, the past 18 months. And honestly, the past like three years, I want to say four years of just continuously, you know, making sure I'm doing what I can to choose positive kind thoughts thoughts about myself, if I'm speaking very negatively to myself, have that awareness and actively choose a different thought, whether it be positive or something neutral or something completely different than what I'm thinking about myself in general, um, has been so huge. I think there's no secret that you really need to learn to love yourself to then be able to have someone see you in the same beautiful light and also for you to then have the capacity to love someone else. I think you shine so bright when you're actually confident and you love who you are. I think that's when you're the most magnetic. I think that's when you're vibrating at your highest. And I think, like I said, about everything's a mirror. If you don't truly love and respect yourself, you're most likely going to find someone who doesn't value you and doesn't respect you very much. I'm not saying that's always the case, but it's always very powerful and you're always so much more magnetic when you can do what you can to cultivate more self-confidence and true self-love from the inside out. And that also helped me be so much happier on my day-to-day and helped me be more self-sustaining, I guess, if you will, and not look to outside relationships at a place of like codependency or being dependent on them to give me that confidence to make me feel better, to validate myself. So that was so huge to be able to, I feel like just cultivating really strong self-love helps you to have more of a steady, stable foundation for you to be able to stand very tall and just be more self-sustaining in the best way. So some activities that I have for you for that, if you're wanting to work on your self-love, like I said, huge on journaling. I used to, when my body image was the worst it's ever been, I literally used to write lists about things that I liked about myself. You can start physical, you can start internal, you could do both, you could do one or the other, but I would just literally write down things that I liked about myself. I would write down positive affirmations about myself, who I am, what I looked like, my features, my heart, my characteristics, my character traits. Um, that was a really good place to start. And then bringing those affirmations aloud, saying those in the mirror were huge. And then also, like I said, being very conscious of your self-talk. So if you catch yourself speaking negatively to yourself, do not let it snowball. I can't, I cannot ex- like stress this enough. Y- every thought is just going to build up momentum either which way. So if you're thinking negative thoughts about yourself and you don't have any control, you don't take control of that of your charge of that, that's just going to snowball and that momentum is going to be tenfold. But if you catch that when it's early and when it's only one thought, it's going to be so much easier to change that as opposed to when you're like 30 minutes in deep to you saying how ugly you look today. You know what I mean? So catching yourself early and doing what you can to either change that same thought into a positive thought or a neutral thought about yourself or just think about something else altogether and stop thinking about yourself. Like that also helps so much and is a good step if you really struggle with really, really, really negative self-talk. Don't try, don't feel like you need to switch to positivity right away, body positivity, whatever, but you can turn to neutrality first. I think it's a great stepping stone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
And then the fourth phase that I went through is healing my feminine energy. Now, this one, I feel like, like looking back was like a fun time in my healing journey. Like, I feel like the inner child healing, like that was more heavy. Like I said, it was very kind of emotional for me. But the healing, the feminine energy, I felt like jazzed up. I felt it was more so like empowering more than anything. And I know this sounds so weird. Also, this applies to any, like no matter whether you identify more so with like masculine energy or feminine energy, this applies to anyone. So healing either masculine or feminine energy. For me, it was really on healing my feminine feminine energy because for me that was very wounded growing up I had a very wounded idea of what feminine energy was and what femininity was I kind of was almost taught that femininity didn't have power to it I guess if you will I didn't see this the specialness that comes with feminine energy it was always kind of prioritizing men and masculine energy and living in that masculine energy based lifestyle and so I never fully I never embraced what it meant to be a woman. I never was kind of proud to be a woman. I kind of was always trying to be tough. And I just was always very acting from my masculine energy growing up more than not, I feel like. And so healing my feminine energy was so empowering for me. And it was a very beautiful process because it made me fall in love with like who I am to my core. And it made me realize the power that I hold as a woman and as a female, like even now, I, I think it's so beautiful. Now I'm so proud to be a woman and like little things that I used to not resonate with. I resonate with so much more now. And I want to do those things from a space of me not being ashamed of who I am, I guess, anymore. And I also want to be clear, like, Every single person, whether you identify as female or male, whatever your, your sex is, we both embody both masculine and feminine energy. And so it's also about finding the balance and synergy between the two energies within yourself, right? So throughout my day to day, there's times where I'm acting more for, so for my feminine energy and there's certain tasks throughout my day that involve me being more my masculine energy. So I'm not trying to say that we're demonizing the other like polarizing energy. That's the beautiful synergy of the two. That's like the divine pair and the polarity of it. But so more so I just personally was very heavily in my masculine energy of the energy that I was embodying and I didn't have that balance. So kind of awakening, I want to say that feminine energy was so huge for me and it made me kind of just like sink in to my feminine energy like in the best way. And so personally for me, what I did to help heal my feminine energy, feminine energy is all about creation. It's all about flow. It's all about nurturing. So I did what I could to kind of find that flow and to really be in my creativity and be in my being, right? Masculine energy is much more about doing, checking things off the list, very logical, that sort of thing. Feminine energy is much more intuitive, all that sort of stuff. So for me, like dancing was a really big thing. I would dance around a lot and just kind of be in my flow and just be loose and fluid. I would spend a lot of time naked. I still kind of do, but just getting comfortable with my body and like dancing around naked, like something about that is so healing and like watching yourself in the mirror, just like being comfortable with your feminine body and feminine figure, I think is really, really empowering. Um, I would do things that were just more creative, right? I would color more. I would um, focus on like creating more in the sense of videos and things like that, like just pouring into whatever that creativity meant for me. Um, also, I feel like I'm more tapped into my feminine energy when I'm structuring my workouts to be more in tune with my body. So doing things more like yoga and Pilates and walking and just listening to my body, if not pushing so hard weight training, if I didn't feel like it, um, being way more attuned to my cycle, tracking my cycle, being more aware and mindful of my certain where I'm at in my hormonal cycle, being aware that my hormonal cycle is 30, 20 to 30 days long rather than a man's, which is 24 hours long, just things like that, wearing pink, right? Like wearing flowy things, wearing dresses, 
all, like now I'm like thinking about how fun this is. I'm like, I love being a girl <laughs> when I feel like five years ago, I wouldn't have said that. So just things like that and healing your feminine energy is so important because then you're more balanced. Like I'm saying within you, with the energy within you so that you're a more balanced partner for, for your partner. And also it helps to attract, right? If there's still that law of polarity. So like I said, we each are embodying both masculine and feminine energy, but there's always someone in a partnership that's embodying more feminine energy and someone that's embodying more masculine energy. And that's what creates your overall balance and polarity between the two and your connection. So for me, I carry more of that feminine energy. So that's why it was so important for me to heal that feminine energy and really awaken that and let that grow and really embody that feminine energy to be more polarizing and magnetic to call in my partner, which he's obviously very much so in his masculine. And when you're healed feminine, when you're in your healed feminine energy, when you're a woman who's really in her power, who knows her needs and isn't afraid to ask for her needs, but also knows how to nurture properly and isn't anxiously attached to people, all that sort of stuff. When you're a healed feminine energy, you attract healed masculine energy, right? So that's a whole other topic for a different day. But there is a difference between healed feminine energy, wounded mass, whoa, healed feminine energy and wounded feminine energy, and then wounded masculine energy and healed masculine energy. So when you're a healed feminine, you're able to attract a healed masculine, which is which is what you want. That's that's where healthy relationships come into play. That's where healthy love is. That's where healthy connection is. That's not where codependency thrives, all that sort of stuff, or toxicity thrives, etc. So next one, number five is detachment. This was a huge, this was a lesson that uni was trying to teach me for the full GD 18 months. I feel like detachment, this was the hardest thing for me to really work through. And I know that this detachment tendency that I have, because I tended to get really, really attached to everything, whether it was inanimate objects, people's eras, situations, time periods in my life. And a part of me loves that about myself. I'm very sensitive and I care and I'm loyal and I'm nostalgic. Like things mean a lot to me. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to say that like it's inherently bad if you find like getting yourself attached to things, but it was to the point where it was causing me a lot of suffering. And, um, I don't feel like I was in a I don't feel like I was embodying my highest self and I don't think I was acting from a true place of trust based on how upset I was getting when things or people or whatever came to an end, I guess, if you will. So detachment was a huge thing. And I, I feel like, again, I know I've done an episode on this as well. And I feel like a big lesson that I've learned when you're wanting anything to come into fruition, when you're calling in a friendship, a partner, a new job, a location move, whatever the case may be. Detachment is so, so important when it comes to manifestation. That's what makes you so magnetic. And it's so ironic because you're like detaching. How is that more magnetic? But it, it just is exactly what it does because you release that resistance and you stop smothering the energy of what you're wanting to come in. So it's allowed to be able to come to you instead of you trying so hard to control it, which inevitably causes it to be pushed away. So detachment was huge. And I feel like it's huge within relationships specifically because so many people are like, I want a relationship so badly. Have I met my husband? Where is he? Is he coming in? When am I going to meet him? All this sort of stuff. And all that is just kind of this anxious. You're trying to control things subconsciously. It's your ego needing to know. You're so attached to the situation because it's deeply rooted underlyingly in fear because you're worried it's not going to happen. Because if you think about it, if you knew something was going to happen, 
it would be so easy for you to detach and surrender because it's because you know it's coming. It's like when you call in Uber Eats and you know you put in your order, you're not going to be sitting there being like, oh my gosh, are they going to come in? Like, are you sure? Do you think they're going to make sure? Are they going to find the house? What if they get lost? You're just going to trust and say, no, I, I put in the order. I know like it says it's coming in 15 minutes. I'm going to get the door in 15 minutes. And you don't think so hard about it because you detach from it. Why? Because you were able to full, you fully trusted that your food was going to get there. So it's kind of the same thing. If you truly trust the uni and what's meant for you that will come into you for you will come in for you. You won't struggle to detach. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're able to fully trust. So therefore you're able to surrender and release that attachment. So detachment was so big cause I finally stopped trying to micromanage and there wasn't all that like forceful energy within my love life, I guess, if you will anymore. And so that's what finally allowed my partner to come in. And what's crazy is that I haven't told you guys this, but when I first met my boyfriend, he was leaving to move to Australia three weeks after I met him. I met him and I knew because I was like one of the first things we started talking about. He was supposed to be moving three weeks from us first meeting. And so if that's not detachment, I don't know what is because I remember and I, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, and when I first met him, I knew that like it was something like I'm someone who can meet someone and I know right away if we're going to be friends or if this is someone romantic, like I know in an instant. And so I was like, damn, okay, like that kind of is unfortunate. It's going to be a short lived like little romance, but I'm okay with it because at that point, Point, that was like the heat of when I like really processed the lesson of detachment and I truly feel like my boyfriend was a true test from the uni about detachment and I was like okay like clearly this is this is for a reason I can feel it in my heart that I meet, meant to meet this person we met so serendipi serendipitously too so I knew it was for a reason and so I was like listen if the uni you know wants me to experience this human and it's only for three weeks so be it. And I remained so detached those three weeks that we dated when I feel like before that I would have gotten kind of really invested and been like, oh my gosh, like what this is going to be so sad when he leaves. I was still so happy for him when he left to Australia, all this sort of stuff. And I was so incredibly detached, like the most detached I've ever been in my entire life. And lo and behold, he came back and here we are. And now he's been dating for months. So it's just like, I truly feel like that was such a very distinct, clear lesson from the uni of saying, okay, you said that you get detachment. Let's see if you actually understand it and let's put you to the test. And I lived it. And it was so cool to finally be able to like live out and acknowledge a new lesson, I guess, if that makes sense. Okay. Number six, this one's also huge. Releasing old relationship trauma. Also, I kind of want to say these are kind of going in order to like how the order of how I experienced them just to like, you know, let that sink in, I guess. So this was like most more recently, I guess, when like the first things that I said were like I did further away longer ago. Why is that not making sense? You get what I'm getting. Sometimes I can't speak. Anyway, okay, so releasing old relationship trauma. This is huge because kind of what I said with inner child healing, how I had kind of passed wounds from my childhood still unprocessed in my energy body. It's like the same thing with old relationship trauma. So if you haven't fully let go of an ex or fully let go of a past situation that really hurt you or really scarred you or was really traumatic for you where you feel like you can't trust anyone again, if you're holding on to those instances and you haven't truly let go, you're never going to create the space to allow a new experience to come in. Slash again, you're just kind of reliving that same 
you're just reliving that same trauma, that same energy. And so that's where you're going to kind of going to be continuing to experience. But again, I just truly believe more so in explaining in the sense that you need to clear those things to create space for the new, because otherwise the uni can't even bring you someone new because you're already so much of your energy is polluted and contaminated with all this old stuff, this old trauma. So it's so hard. It, it can't, there's no room for you to bring someone new in. And also if you're so clouded with that old stale traumatic energy, it's even going to be hard for you to see and recognize your person because you're not even on the same energetic vibration. You're not on the same frequency because you're still in the trauma lane that you're not even going to be able to recognize them when, when they do come into your life. And so if you do want to cross paths with someone, right, especially organically, it's all about frequency and energetic alignment. So if you're sitting in this sad energy all the time or this wounded energy, you're not ever going to, how do you expect yourself to be in the healed love lane? You know what I mean? If you're just sitting and you're in your wound. So releasing old trauma of relationships, whether it being a specific person or, or an instance that really scarred you, you got to let it go. You really need to let it go. And that was something for me. I was holding on to some old situations for way too long. Hello. That's also my personality, but I was holding on to some old situations for way, 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 way too long. And I remember there was also like still one last kind of roundabout that the uni brought me through to kind of revisit that old trauma and finally give me the, another chance to actually let it go and acknowledge it once more and like meet face to face with that old trauma. And then I was finally presented the opportunity again to like really let it go. And I finally did. And that I think was a huge step to me being able to finally come into alignment with my current boyfriend and finally meet him. And so then that kind of brings me to the next thing, the really like the last thing that I did like six weeks before that I met him. Because I remember before that, I want to say like two, three months before I met him, I was really in a low point actually. I was very in a rut. I felt very unmotivated. I just was out of my power more so than anything. I just, that's kind of just what it was. I just kind of was having imposter syndrome and a lot of self-doubts and things like that. Um, and... So that was like the two to three months prior. And then I was still kind of like having old that like old relationship stuff, like still creep back up on me from past traumas, from past relationships that I was making me fearful. And so I finally released that old relationship trauma. And then I finally refocused again on myself and my goals and, and being more motivated again to pour into myself and like, I kid you not, it was like clockwork. Like I want to say about six weeks after me, like being really, really in my power, I was on my bullshit again. I met my boyfriend, I met him. And I just truly think that it was kind of like the beautiful culmination of like all the healing I'd been doing for the past like 18 months. And I like completed the last phases. And I just feel like the union was like, all right, like she's ready for another love interest. Like, I don't know. I just think it was so like beautiful when I look back on it and just like little things that I did to help me focus on myself and my goals. Like I just started with little things. I started with, cause I, there usually gets to a point when I'm in a rut where I get sick of my own bullshit and I like miss feeling good, you know? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on little, little things. Like I feel so good when I have a thorough morning routine. I feel so good when I'm on my water intake. I feel so good when I make my bed really well in the morning, like little things like that, where I just focused on these little goals throughout the day, kind of personal development goals. And they kind of then inevitably built up momentum for me wanting to get even more stuff done. And I just kind of remembered who I am. I was back on my affirmation train again. And I just really kind of released 
all of those things that weren't serving me. I released the thoughts that weren't helping me. I released those self-doubt thoughts. I released the imposter syndrome. And I said, you know what? I don't need to think like this. I can choose my thoughts. And I'm going to say, you know what? What happens if I choose? What, what happens if instead of thinking, what if I can't do this? And instead I started thinking, yo, I can do this. And it just was very, so transformative for me. I was able to get my power again. And I think that's when I was really able to vibrate really high again and be really empowered and I think it just, it was just another part of kind of my healing process of letting everything go, focusing on being your best self, focusing on your energetic hygiene, who you are, the energy you're in, the energy you're emitting, who you are, that I think will really call in some beautiful things into your life. And I feel like all of these things also, I kind of want to be clear, all these things are not only just to call in love. Like I truly think this healing process is just to help you be your best self, to live your best life, right? I feel like all of these things just help you raise your vibe, who, you, how you vibrate your frequency to then be in better alignment with your dream job and your dream life and your dream soul tribe and your friends and all this sort of stuff. So this definitely all these kind of little benchmarks, I want to say, extend so much more than just calling in simply romantic love. Like I think really doing what you can to go through all of these phases to um, really heal in these regards, I think will help your life in so many different ways. And circling back, I realized I didn't give you like little tangible action steps for um, how to detach and how to release old trauma. For both of those things, the biggest thing that helped me was just affirming to myself. If I found myself getting really attached to things or when I thought of old past relationships, I would just tell myself like, you're safe to let go. You're safe to let go. It's time to let go. I don't know how to explain. It. I just would kind of constantly try to reframe my thoughts. Or if I was constantly thinking about a situation, I again would choose to think about something else just to help me detach, not think about it so hard. And I remember with releasing old relationship trauma, I truly remember there's a song I was listening to. It was Change by um, Bailey Zimmerman. Please listen to that. Like, I don't know what it was. That song flipped the switch for me when I was like, because there's, there's a part where it says, like, I want to throw. Now, I, of course, I don't remember it. But, it, but he's essentially saying, like, I want to throw out. I want to take all of our memories and throw them away. And I know that sounds so harsh, but it more so is just in the sense of, like, for some reason, it just made me think about releasing everything energetically of like finally stripping myself of the weight of like the heavy backpack I was carrying from it. And I just was like, I'm actually done. Like, I think that's also a huge thing for me in the sense of healing. It's just like eventually I get over. It. I'm like, I don't want to be sad anymore. I'm tired of feeling heavy. I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of feeling hopeless. And I eventually just kind of drop it. And that's kind of what I did with detaching and like releasing old relationship traumas. There just was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm letting it go because I'm declaring that I'm letting it go. So those were some things that helped me with that. So you guys, that's it. Those were kind of my seven little stations that I stopped at throughout the past 18 months of my healing to help me not only just be a better, more elevated human being, um, to help me live a better life, to help me be more in alignment and closer to my dream life, but also to help me finally be ready to experience love in this way. I feel so thankful that I finally am in the space to be able to hold space for a romantic relationship. Um, it's been very lovely to love and to feel loved. And I just, I remember thinking, how badly I wanted to give to be able to express love to someone like I remember that so distinctly like that would be reasons why I would be crying about <laughs> about things is because I remember thinking like I feel like I have so much love in me and I want to give it to someone and I feel like as I've gotten older that's been kind of a weird lesson and realization that I've learned is like it's almost better to be able to love someone really hard than to feel really loved I guess both are so important but I just 
it's really amazing being able to like truly give someone a whole lot of love. It's a good feeling. Anyways, you guys, so for the affirmation that I have for you today, it says, I am open to love and focus on healing a little bit every day. I am open to love and focus on healing a little bit every day. All right. I love you guys so, so much. Don't forget to do your work. When I say your work, your healing work, you know what I'm saying? Thank you guys so, so much for taking the time to watch or listen to this episode. If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to give a thumbs up. If you're not subscribed to the podcast YouTube channel, make sure you go do that. It's linked down below. Give this show a rating and review if you haven't already. They make me so happy. And screenshot this, put on your story as well if you want to share the word. Word of mouth is such an amazing way to help a podcast grow. I'm so thankful for every single one of you guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And hopefully I'll see you in the next epi. Peace out.